I want to talk today about something that's really dear to my heart, and if you really get it, it will change your life. It's laying foundations again of the gospel. It's all about the cross of Christ. It's all about the finished work of Jesus Christ. I want to talk about God's blood covenant. God's blood covenant. Now, last week we, had, uh, we talked about communion, which is, as you know, if you've been in this church long enough, uh, you know that I really treasure communion. But it's not because I'm just a freak, you know. People say, oh, it's just a prick. He likes doing this every day. No, no, I've got a revelation of what it means. That's why I do it. It's not because I'm freakish, although my wife would say I'm freakish at times. Uh, but the thing is, though, it's, it's just... Um, that's fine. And uh, the thing is... <laughs> whatever. Sorry, I'll leave you out of it. I love you too much. I involve you with everything I do. So it's the good and the bad. So it's like <laughs> anyway, so some of you are married. Uh, understand that. And so last week, come on, get in. Stay with it. Okay, here we go. So, so last week, if you're not here, go online because I think it was quite a good talk about communion, God's power meal. God's power meal. Today I'm going to undergird this, why it is just an amazing power meal. Why communion is so incredibly powerful. Now last week, and you can, again, listen to it before, but just quickly, uh, 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 Paul is, is basically... Um, correcting the, first, the Corinthian church because they are not seeing, they are not taking the communion because what they're doing in the love feasts, and the communion was always at the end of their love feast at night, right? So they were drinking and drinking and drinking, eating and eating. They had real wine. So people say, Jesus' day was not real wine. Yes, it was real wine. It's got alcohol in it, yes. And so they were drunk. And so they were drunk, but, and then they came to the communion and like, whatever, and they couldn't actually discern the meal. They, by faith, they couldn't do it anymore. They were not in that space. They were drunk. And so he tells them off. He says, because of that, because of you, and they were doing it for a while. Because of that, some of you, many, he says, not some, many are sick, many are frail. And even many, or some, depends on translation, die before your time. Well, that's a big deal. So this meal is a really big deal. Because if you do take it, and if you do it like the early church, and you know the revelation of this vision of communion, it will absolutely change your life. Because everything has to do with the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's all about his name and what he has done. Amen? So good. So sometimes we have underestimated. Did you know, I listened to a talk yesterday by Bill Johnson. Some of you have listened already to it, I'm sure. And he talks about the great... Uh, about uh, this thing that has uh, Lou Engel so enc encouraged and excited about the Great Communion Awakening. Everybody heard about that? The Great Communion. Anybody heard about it? One? That's awesome. Three? Okay. The Communion uh, Revival coming up uh, in the comment has all to do with the billion people harvest in the next 10, 20 years. And so it is very important. Even prophetically, we hear around the world the things that are going on in the thing of this communion. Now, we have as a church, I believe, undermessed undomesticated, underestimated, what, what's undomesticated? Anyway, underestimated, underestimated the, the power, the power of communion in this way. And so we've done, we haven't done ourselves a favor uh, in this way with dire consequences uh, in our lives in the area of, um, of health, of wellness, wholeness, and all this kind of stuff. Now, I want to go through in a minute now. So what's happening right now is there's been a lack, I believe, of revelation in this way. And when Jesus told me earlier this year, I want my church back, one of the things he wants back is the understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ and the understanding of this beautiful Jesus meal uh, for you and for us in this way. But the key to understanding that meal is covenant. The key to understanding is covenant. Communion is a covenant meal. It's not just a meal. 
It's a covenant meal. It is by faith accessing what Jesus has finished already in the cross, on the cross, by faith. So we have to understand in covenant, it's the basis of communion, the basis of our life as Christians, the basis of what we have, the basis of what we do, the basis of our intimacy with Christ, our authority, our um, inheritance, everything, everything is based on covenant. It's all about the covenant with God. And the, the, the covenant that God has brought with us, <coughs> cut with us, is a, uh, a covenant of exchange. And we see this particular in Isaiah 61, that Jesus says, this is who I am. And I'll bring for death, I'll bring life. When you're sick, I'll bring healing. And he goes on and on and on, lack healthy, I mean, you lack or no money, all this kind of stuff. This, 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 this exchange of his life into our lives. Everything in God, in relationship with God for us, is based on covenant. Now listen to this. Covenant is the mechanism, not only of our relationship with God, but it's also the mechanism of dominion with God and through his holy church. It is how God enforces his authority and his kingdom and his rule into the earth. It's how the kingdom comes. Amen? It's how heaven comes into our lives. Now, the actual definition of uh, covenant is by definition a relationship of exchange. Now, those of you who have been uh, recipients of the, the way I do weddings... Um, is, uh, is, of course, the whole thing of, of marriage, uh, because I think marriage is a great, perfect example of this whole thing of a covenant of exchange. I give to you everything I am, everything I have, it's all yours. You give to me everything you have and everything you am, and there's this beautiful connection together. Amen? So a marriage is not just a contract of convenience. It's not just a legal provision. It's actually a covenant relationship. A true marriage, Christian marriage, is a covenant. Sorry, I was thinking. It's a covenant. The man gives himself to the woman 100%. The woman gives himself to the man 100%. And they become one. It's a complete giving of the one to the other. I give all of me to all of you and all of you to all of me. And God has invited humanity into covenant, into this relational exchange. And actually with God, it's an eternal exchange, an eternal covenant he gives all he has through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and we give all what we have. And there's this beautiful relationship together. Now, if that's the case, then the next question would be, where is this covenant based on? It's just a good idea. What is it based on? The key to understanding our covenant with God is the blood economy of God. God works only through a blood economy. Now, the thing is, though, why we don't really understand this whole thing is because we don't understand this in the Western world. 
I don't do blood things often, except for, you know, when I hurt myself or, you know. I got these red things. People say, why do you have these red things on here together? Well, it's for my drumming. Otherwise, I get blisters because I go, I'm a bit like an animal, you know. Go for it. I should, I should have your hair, Finley. I love your hair, man. It's like, you're awesome. Um, but the thing is, though, I love an, I love animal in the Muppet show. You know, love, love animal in the Muppet show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this one. And, um, and, but it's also, of course, today to, to probably to, to remember the blood of those who gave their blood, you know, for us. And, but also, it's also the blood economy that I'm talking about today. So there's actually symbolism in what I wear. Okay? So, so we in the West don't understand blood economy. This is how in the past, particularly in the Middle East and the East, how kings would even make covenant. They would kill an animal and they would walk through the carcasses and this would be the covenant and this would happen to you. If you don't keep to your thing, you're dead like this, you know. And they would keep a blood like this. Often two people, when they make covenant together, they would make an incision in their wrist or an incision in their hand and they would mix the wounds together and the blood would mix and they would have cut covenant with each other. Sometimes, a bit gross, I'm so sorry, some of this blood is a bit intense. Um, sometimes they would drip the blood into a cup and they would drink the cup together. When have you done that lately? <laughs> we don't do this, right? We just don't do this in the Western world. But the thing is, though, because of that, we don't get what God is all about. Because God is completely into a blood economy in this way. Now, the occult do it all the time. They still get it. I mean, I don't want to say too much about it, but they do nasty things with nasty blood because they get that the life is in the blood. The Bible says life is in the blood, and where we share life, we become one. There is a talk about, I was not going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is a story about Dr. Um, Dr. Stanley who's looking for Dr. Livingstone a long time ago, missionaries. They're trying to figure out where he is. He can't find them. Right? And what happens is, he actually has an operation somewhere on the mission field. I don't know all the details, but somewhere on the mission field like that. And his artery blows, and he got blood in his eyes. And so this lady, the people helping him, they, they, they wipe it out. They say, I'm so sorry, so gross. Say, no, 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 no. Now, now we are family. We have shared blood together. Now we are family. And apparently, Dr. Stanley, looking for Dr. Livingstone, had to make over 200 blood... E Covenants with the various tribes in Africa to pass through all their territories. What do you think of that? It's just amazing in this way. Blood covenant. Marriage is a blood covenant. Did you know this? Not just a covenant. It's a blood covenant. The intention of God is when a woman, a virgin, when a man comes on the wedding night, they consume the marriage. And then the hymen is penetrated. So I'm so sorry. But that's the way it is. And actually, when it happens, marriage is cut. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it how far we've gone away from marriage? It's unbelievable. But if you can think, it's, a, it's from God. He created this. Now, I want to say a pastoral thing. If you have had problems with this thing, that your second or third marriage or whatever happens, then God completely restores you when you get married to your new partner. I even know of people, of girls, who've had the hymen uh, restored. And others who have been broken anyway through horse riding or whatever, or even abuse or whatever. So please don't feel bad about stuff because God restores. But I want to give you the intention of what marriage was. It was a holy metronomy. Metronome. <laughs> metronome. Sounds like a metronome. Metr matrimony. Matrimony. I struggle with some of the words today. Matrimony. 
matrimony. It's holy to the Lord. And of course, this is a picture of our relationship with Jesus Christ. That he gave his blood for us on the cross. Isn't it beautiful? Everything in the covenants is cut by blood. Now, the seven covenants in the Bible, some of you may know this, some of you don't. Seven covenants in the Bible, they're the three main ones are three people. One is Abraham, one is Moses, one is Jesus. So the first one is the Abrahamic covenant. And the Abrahamic covenant, you may not know this, but it's actually based on grace. It was based on grace. It was made with, with Abraham, with Israel. And it was all depending on pedigree. You've got to be the right family. The right family. And you'll be in this covenant and it's based on grace. So who was this first covenant with? Abraham slash Israel. Not with us. Here he establishes. Look how he establishes. God with him, Abraham. Genesis 15, 9. So the Lord said to Abraham, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. And Abraham, not, not renamed yet, but Abraham after the covenant he was, Abraham, Abraham, brought all of these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down, the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness overcame him. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed through the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. So Abraham has to cut the animals and he has to create a blood path for God. And at night when Abraham is asleep, the fire, smoking firepot and the torch appeared. And many scholars, and I believe too, that it was the Father and Jesus passing through this thing to cut covenant with Abraham. And Abraham was asleep. It was not like watching, hey, this is cool, God, thank you. No, he was asleep. See, even that, it was a grace covenant. It was the Father and Jesus. There is no covenant without the shedding of blood. Abraham had nothing to do with this, though. It was the Father and the Son who cut it for him, but not with him. And that's the big difference. It was for him, but not with him. He was not an active partner. He was a recipient. It was a covenant of grace, a gift from God. Amen? Then we go to the next one, the Mosaic covenant, which is the covenant from Moses. This was made with Israel. It was a conditional covenant. It was not based on grace, but it was based on performance. Do good, get good. Do bad, Get bad. That's how it works in that particular covenant. You're either blessed or cursed depending on your obedience and your performance. Now, who is this covenant with? Israel. Thank you so much. Not with you and with me. Exodus 24. Here it is cut. Look at this. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent a young 
uh, sent young Israeli men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls and fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls and the other half splashed it at the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. And they responded in unison. We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. One of the biggest mistakes in history of the world. This one. Because the effects that we still have today. Sadly. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on, sprinkled it on the people. This is the blood of the new covenant. Also of the covenant, not new. The covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with these words. It was the old covenant made in blood. It was for Israel. It was a performance covenant. Then the new covenant comes along. Jesus Christ. This was made also with Israel. First, it's an unconditional covenant. It's a covenant based on grace. It is solely based on the performance of Jesus Christ. It was cut before, between the Father and Jesus, the Son. It has nothing to do with our performance, never will, good or bad. So my question again is, who was this covenant cut with? A little bit tricky, right? Now tell me. You're making up your mind. Who was this covenant cut with first? First. Absolutely, Israel. There's no Gentiles. Unless you're a Jew in this house online, then you are. There. Otherwise, you, have no, you are not in this. You're the Gentile. You are filthy little whatever, you know, pigs. You, know? you are not involved at all. I want you to see how Israel is the deal for God. But then, in Acts 10, with Cornelius, wow. Suddenly they say, the Holy Spirit, hey, amazing. The Gentiles have also been grafted in. And we read this, and I've preached on this before a while back, in Romans 11, that we are now grafted into the root, which is Israel. But don't think like, hey, Israel, Old Testament. Hey, we the church, New Testament. No, 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 no. It's Israel all the way. But then we are grafted in, lucky us, grafted into the main trunk of Israel. And now we are one. There's no longer Jew, nor Gentile. We are all one in Jesus Christ. Right? Oh, man. That's so good. This is a bit of a Bible study today, okay? But, but you need to get this because it's so important. Now, why did we need a new covenant? Why? Why did we need Jesus? It's not rhetorical. That's very good. Let's read it together. Hebrews 8. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another, right? But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. And I will not be, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I'll write them on their hearts. I will, I will be their God and they'll be my people and no longer will they teach their neighbors or say to one another know the Lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming into our lives into individuals all of us who say yes to Jesus and I'll listen to this and I will forget their wickedness 
sorry, forgive, sorry, forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first obsolete and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. It's a direct quote of Jeremiah 31, 31 who prophesied this new covenant. But I want you to see that for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. That was long time ago prophesied to this time Easter 2000 years ago. We just celebrated this and it actually was actuated through Jesus Christ. I will forgive their sins and I will remember their wicked, their sins no more. Now if you really get this, you'll be standing on your seat right now. Don't worry, don't worry. Rachel, I'm, I'm just, okay. We had a deal done. Yeah, but, but, but I will remember your sins no more. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, I, but my thoughts, my, my, uh, yeah, today, yesterday, I mean, I will remember their sins no more. Now, I want you to see something because it is so important. People still get so confused. And people, I know Christians, they are so sin-focused. I don't know why you are. And I don't know what the whole world is, by the way, but that's not the issue. The thing is, though, Jesus took the sin of the world as far as the east is from the west. Never to be seen again. Do we still sin? Yes. But what did he just say? I will remember your sins no more. That far as the east is from the west, I have forgiven you. So it is no more. He paid for everything. Is sin bad? Yes. Don't do it. But has he paid for it? Yes. All of it. Even this morning when you're arguing with your wife or you come in here, you had enough faith. You had a bad attitude about this or you thought, man, this drummer, this disgust, whatever. You know, or whatever. You have some kind of attitude things. I mean, we sin all the time. But Jesus, I want you to see how big that is. It's massive. And most of us have no clue really how big it is. And then we go into a little thing about, no, know who you are. Know what he has done. This will make Jesus bigger and bigger. And that's why I am so passionate about this meal. Because this is what it represents. This is the power and everything that comes from the cross. All the finished works for the cross go through communion. Also through faith without communion. But he has somehow said, this is one of the things that we do. As we take the cup, as we break the bread, something happens in the Holy Spirit. Something happens in the Spirit. And we accept and we get this exchange of God, healing, power, protection, Provision comes through this meal. I can't say it anyhow. It is so powerful. See, think about it. Think about it. Yom Kippur, right? Yom Kippur is the one, it's the day of atonement in the Old Testament, right? Not, not for us, by the way. Old, old covenant. Now, by, by the way, don't put some people, some some grace gurus try to break the old covenant, old old testament out of the Bible. Now don't do that. Because God is the same yesterday forever. A lot of these things stand. It's absolutely beautiful. Don't do that. Oh, that's, I'm, I echo myself. That's so cool. I hear myself speaking without speaking. God, thank you for this gift. <laughs> Yom Kippur, Old Testament, right? Not for us. For the Jews. Now, once a year they came together, you know, the whole deal with the whole, with the whole a priest going into the Holy of Holies. Anyway, one, once a year, they get, the whole thing gets forgiven. All of them. In one go. Not forgiven. It's only covered, right? Because it can, bulls of, 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 uh, blood of bulls can never take away the sin. So it's only covered. But it's good because they are free 
you know. But the thing is, though, now he is the eternal Yom Kippur. God, Jesus, is the eternal. He is the one who takes our sin once and for all. So the whole thing is gone. So we longer should not be sin-focused, but we are sun-focused, sun-focused. And the more you are sun-focused, the less you start sinning and doing dumb things. But Jesus already paid for it at the same time. I hope you're going to get us something. So what was the problem with the old covenant? What was the problem, guys? What was the problem? It says here. It was the people. It was, it was, was it the law? No. People give the law such a hard thing. Guys, the law was God's provision for Israel. And even for us, the beautiful, what, now you're going to murder people? Now you're going to be adulterer? I mean, nonsense. The problem was that the law is the ministry of death, what talks about Paul. And this is another talk that I will give some other time, but not today. But I just want to give you something about it. Is that he fulfilled the law for, you got to read what it's for. For, no, for what did he fulfill the Lord for? Yeah, for us. But what did he do? What did he do? For righteousness. That is the problem. The covenant was not even the problem, the old covenant. The problem is the people. People are always the problem. I'm so sorry. In this church, people are the problem. In my life, yeah, probably we're the problem. Catherine and me are the problem. We hear this regularly. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, that is, that is sounded out by other people who say, no, no, Catherine, you're awesome. If we listen to all the people who don't, well, honestly, well, they're going to stand before God. Anyway, so people are under, it says here, God found fault with the people because they could not remain faithful. They could not keep their part of the deal. I'll give you a secret. God never wanted the Mosaic law. It's the people who wanted it. They say, oh, we can do this. I said, no, no, you can't. They say, yes, we can. I said, no, you can't. Yes, we can. Okay, give it to them. But the problem is, what a disaster through the ages of that stupid, stupid covenant. Because we could not keep it. So now what happens is amazing. Jesus does it for us. The new covenant is only based on his perfect obedience to the father he fulfilled all the law of righteousness so we don't have to and he gives it as a gift of impartation to you and to me now again you don't be dumb and you abuse it that's just dumb and you need to be disciplined smack around the ear or whatever that's just dumb but it doesn't give away that it is the truth that is what jesus has done for us a new covenant we read about this here in corinthians for I received from the Lord, this Paul, he received this revelation from the Lord. What I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. I'll do it now. And he gave thanks. Give thanks. This is my body. This is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. Indy was looking for this cup. Indiana Jones. <laughs> if he had seen this cup like this, he wouldn't have chosen. Maybe he chose the carpenter one. Remember that one? And uh, this is too beautiful like that, but it's glorious. I got it from Holland. It's, it's tin, tin, tin. This is beautiful. 
computer. Listen to what it says here in the Bible. It says here, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Only one of the four gospels says also forgiveness of sins. Yes, it was. And that's done. Now get on with it. But what it is, all that stuff, all of it is in this cup. The whole new covenant is in this cup. And that's why it is so incredibly precious and incredibly potent and incredibly powerful. Do this in remembrance of me. So whenever you drink this bread, drink this cup and proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, I didn't get this for many years. Why do we proclaim the Lord's death? It should be the resurrection. Woo! We're resurrected in Christ. No, it's Good Friday. It's because he died. Why? It's because that's when he cut covenant with us. Then when he says, it is finished. The whole old was finished and the new has come. That's why. It's a new way of life. It's a new covenant sins are covered for are forgiven are taken away as far as the east is from the west we are now sons and daughters of god now the holy spirit can come into your life why because you're holy oh i'm not holy yes you are holy yeah we see all these things in my life doesn't matter doesn't matter he made you holy it's jesus everything is always that's why on the website it says it's all about jesus it will always be all about jesus and the more we see this, the more your life will be just amazing. Because then you start walking as a son, as a daughter, and you start to walk tall, high, as a strong person. <laughs> Struggle with worse today. I don't know why. To walk tall, you know, in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, for years I was so afraid of communion. Because I saw the sin in my life. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I can never keep my side of the bargain. Never. I'm a fourth-generation missionary Christian. I should have known. I didn't know. And at one time, I did my master's at theology at, at Laidlaw in Auckland, and I had to write a, a, a thing about covenants. And for the first time, why did nobody ever told me? Yeah. Including Laidlaw, by the way. Because I didn't know it. I had to find out myself. I had this thing. I did this research. And I cried for a whole week. As God is my witness. I didn't cry now. I said, God, I did not know it had nothing to do with me. I somehow thought the covenant up to me, if I fail, I'm going to be failing. Lord, so I better commit all my sins. And every night I would pray that all the things I've done, the kid, the kick, the cat again. And Lord, I've done all these thoughts in my life and all the sins that I don't know and all this kind of stuff. And I felt it totally dispowered me. My whole life I've had abuse in my life and all kinds of stuff. And it just aggravated everything that's bad about me. And then I saw one day, this covenant is for you, Gideon, but not with you. It is for you. It is with the Father and the Son who can never fail. Never fail. You have come into a covenant, into a, into a kingdom that is unshakable, immovable. Woo! When I saw this, the whole weight fell off my life. Thank you, Jesus. It's all for me. And then you start loving him. I tell you, if you feel somehow that you are old and new, this mixture between the old covenant and new covenant, most churches teach it, by the way. Let me be very honest right now. I mean, I'm 60 already. I know how long I'm going to live. But the next 10, 20 years, I'll tell you, many people believe this. And it disempowers the church. It disempowers the church. And God is dealing with the church because he wants freedom. He wants sons and daughters. And he wants to really acknowledge what he really did. Because otherwise, it's a smack in his face. 
And I was so angry. My whole life I will talk about this. Angry in a good sense. Because I'm disappointed that people... Anyway, so for, I'm so happy in my own life. I'm so happy it changed my life for me. It's all about Jesus. See, a blood covenant is the highest form of love. No greater love has someone who lays their life, a friend who lays their life down for, you know. And, and, and this is the greatest form of love and commitment that God has given to us. A beautiful covenant between the Father and the Son on behalf of us, his children. Don't you feel this love? Yeah. Such love. Love that song of Graham Kendrick. Such love. A destiny. Such love changes everything about my life. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Lord, we thank you so much for the new covenant. Jesus, thank you for going ahead with the cross. I know you struggled in Gethsemane. If this cup can take away from me, but Lord, you knew. You knew. You had to go. It was for the redemption of the whole world. Lord Jesus, you were the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And then on a rugged cross 2,000 years ago, it actually happened. And the king of glory, the word made flesh, hung on this wooden cross, was spit out. You couldn't recognize him anymore. So bloody. And he did this all for you and for me. No greater love has anybody ever had. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us and given us a new covenant of sons and daughters that we can live in the fullness of your life through the power of your Holy Spirit. What a joy. All head bow, also online. You may have never seen this. You may have never known how much God loves you. And today you were explained the gospel. You explained what Jesus has done for you. Is there anybody in this room or online? And you said, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I believe. I believe. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So that anyone who believes in what he's done will not perish. Will not face a Christless eternity. But will live forever. Have eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world. It was already condemned. But he came to save the world through him. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus, that, sorry, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You come into this unshakable, immovable covenant cut in the blood of Christ himself. It will never fail for you. It cannot. Is there anybody in this room and you need Jesus. I would like you to lift up your hand right now as a public declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this room and you don't not know the saving grace of God? You just don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know him as Savior and as Lord. Is there anybody in this room? Put your hand up high. I'm going to pray for you. I want to acknowledge it. Holy Spirit, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I'm glad everybody's in the kingdom. We come to this covenant meal. And this is his body that was broken for you and for me. You can see again. Look at me again. And some of you can come here if you want to. If you're gluten-free, don't go here. Go there. But if you are, if you can eat this, then uh, just come here because you can have a real piece of this bread. And I, this is the, his body broken for you and for me. It's for our healing. It's an exchange. What do you need? 
What do you need to exchange? Is it sadness? Is it lack of something? Is it sickness? His perfect body can give you anything. He's God. And by faith, we receive this into our lives. And the beautiful cup of the new covenant. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are in this cup. That's why I do it every morning. I declare protection over my family. Because it has protection. It has provision. It has healing. It's got everything. Everything Jesus has all right here. So you drink the cup. Say, Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you. Oh, I need this, Lord, in my life. Can you please, Lord, minister to me and to my family?